I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Thursday, June 25, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? There's a lot of stuff on the docket. There's always a lot of stuff on the docket. Today, they closed them well. It's always how they close them. That's what's important. So we'll go over that. Also, they had a nice reversal today, and there was a couple of sectors that outperformed. We're going to take a look across the board, look at a bunch of different charts, Everything is right there in front of us. What our job is, is to decipher what the market is trying to tell us. We put the puzzle pieces on the table. We assemble the puzzle the best we can. And what picture comes out is the next likely move for the markets. What's the first couple of things that jump out on the daily chart at me? A number one is the hit and bounce off of the 200 period moving average today. Now the 200 isn't all that important. Why is that? Because the market has been back and forth through the 200 period moving average quite a bit. However, it's still a 200 period moving average and other traders, not necessarily you or me or anybody in particular, but if we know that there's a contingent of traders, let's say, that are paying attention to a specific moving average, it becomes somewhat of a self-fulfilling prophecy. So therefore, I'm paying attention to the 200 period moving average. Inside the numbers members will know that yesterday morning while the market was falling hard and fast, what I said was, There should be support around, if they get there, 301.50. That was based on the 200 period moving average. Now yesterday they came up slightly short and then they reversed a little bit and rallied away from the 200. That's the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. That's the way they operate. What's the other thing that's extremely noticeable for me? Well, it's the thing we've been talking about just about every day as the line in the sand. So A number one is the line in the sand is the low from last Monday. The low is 296.74. And what we said is because of the reversal on that day, that's an indication that there was institutional participation that drove the market off those lows and rallied away. So therefore, if that's the case, then it would make sense that under normal garden variety market conditions, there would be some defense played at least around the lows of last Monday, if not before. What else do we have? Here's a sloppy hypothesized channel that really still is active. Isn't that a bullish flaggish slash bullish wedgish type of pattern? It is. So let's say they continue higher into Friday and even potentially next week. And by the way, there are two sides to the coin. We are the umpire. We're calling balls and strikes. There is a flip side to this. But first, let's talk about the bull case since the market did finish strong, which is usually an indication that they're going to have a continuation move into Friday morning. Since you have yesterday's breakdown candle, what was the high? The high is right around 1050 or 31050. So 310 is a big fat round number. So we'll say somewhere in the neighborhood of 310 to 31050, we should expect garden variety overhead resistance. You also have the 20 period moving average creeping over. You see that. So there will be overhead resistance up there 
After that, if they should be able to get through, and first they need to start closing short-term candles and then hourly candles, and if they do, the prize would be the gap, which is right around 312. Now, a couple of other things. What if they gap up tomorrow? What if they gap over 310, 310 50, then they're going for the gap? I don't think they'll do this, but just in case, as a just-in-caser, what if they gap over the gap? Well... Then there's a short squeeze underway, and then they're going for the next gap, which is, and this will sound very familiar, 319. That's unlikely to happen. We're just calling balls and strikes, being the umpire, doing the just-in-case thing. Let's talk about the flip side. Is the market in the clear? Absolutely not. It's all how you visualize everything. So before I draw this bullish wedgish pattern, right, and I say, Look, the market can go higher out of this, and that is true. But what's also true is that the market could be rolling over. So maybe it ran up here with the intention of filling the gap, and it couldn't do it, and now it's just rolling over, and in between you're going to have up days, you're going to have down days, but in a sense, if the trend is reversing down, you're going to have more down days, and if it is a rollover, you're going to go to 300, you're going to go lower, you're going to go to several destinations in the southern direction. Remember, the line in the sand is still last Monday's low no matter what. So until and unless you close a day below that low, then there's no dice on the downside. If you do, there'll be an acceleration on the downside. Just like we talked about on the upside, what happens if they gap below the low from last Monday? Look out below acceleration on the downside. Here's the hourly chart. Now we're going to talk about something that happened today and we're going to unpack it a little bit and we're going to use it as a learning opportunity. Sometimes there's a pattern inside of another pattern. We've discussed this several times, but it's worth the refresher and especially for the folks that are relatively new and haven't heard me discuss this before. There's a method to the madness. So first let's go over to inside the numbers. We'll go over the commentary. There were no stocks on the move today, nothing that hit its price target. That's as a result of the fact that they bought up the market right out of the chute. When that happens, it takes away some of the opportunity for the stocks to go slightly lower to hit our price objectives and get that bounce and rocket ride back in the other direction. So today they caught all of them before they had a chance to get to their numbers. So be it. So let's focus on the commentary. The big picture is they've got to get above 308.27 in order to break the hourly chart bearish pattern that started yesterday. There it is. It's the top of a breakdown candle on the hourly chart. And that's where they were headed before they ran out of time or ran out of clock at the end of the day. The tops of breakdown candles and the bottoms of breakup candles can act magnetic a lot of the time. Price loves to run back there in either direction to run a test. And it's at that test it becomes showtime. It becomes make it or break it. Do the bulls win and they bust through the top? Or do the bears win and it was just a test and the bearish flaggish pattern, bearish wedgish pattern ends up working out in the southern direction. So before the market opens, we set up the day. We need the bigger picture. 
As the day gets underway, we narrow down the picture based on how the market is trading. You can read the rest of the notes here, and then what we'll do is scroll up. You can read them at your leisure. You can pause the video and restart it whenever you like so that you can read the full notes, and I urge you to do that, and then go back to the charts and see what happened. Early thoughts. So this is posted before the opening bell, but generally within 30 minutes of the opening bell. Right out of the chute, we're focused on 305 as the gateway for higher prices. Until and unless they can get above 305, no dice. On the flip side, we have the big fat round number of ES3000, that's the futures contract, and SPY300, give or take. Let's continue moving along. So right from the get-go, we know the resistance is 305. We have other ones in between, 304, 30470. And here's a five-minute chart so you can see those numbers work. Everything to the right of the vertical is today's activity. So you can see they drop them at the open. They never get to the big fat round number. And then they rally them up. And you can see 304, 30470 was basically the resistance zone. And then finally, finally, at the end of the day, they were able to get through. But that general area around 305 and below, well, we know 305, that was the ticket all day long. This was the early call. This was right out of the chute within the first few minutes of the market. And you can see the 30470 went a little bit higher, but not much. Moving right along. What you're going to see here, and again, continue to read the notes and go back to the charts. But what you'll see is... A market that was basically in a very narrow range most of the day. You already saw that from the chart. You already know that from the fact that the market already did its thing. And you're here trying to figure out what the next thing is. But what you'll see that's interesting when I get into the latter part of the afternoon session. And I must have said it 10 times about 305 today. 305, 305, 305. It just was so obvious to me anyway, that they had to bust through 305 and when and if they did, that would be lighting the match or the spark that would create the next leg higher, which we did see into the afternoon session. But there was something else that happened and it goes back to what I started with earlier, which is the pattern within the pattern. And I can also make a case on the hourly chart from the morning reversal candle, the same thing was operating. And here you go again, the 132 post, again with 305, closing hourly above 305 is the early reversal talking. What we're saying is the early reversal candle on the hourly chart was there. So it's still, as long as we don't go below the low of that first candle of the day, then that is a valid reversal and you should get higher prices. But there was something else that took place on a different chart that I did post. And by the way, we had the gateway to down south was 303. This wasn't the first time it was posted. We knew about that. And there's your pop over 305. And I'm going to show you what was posted inside the numbers. There's a community section now where there's interaction between the members and me. And it's going to give me an opportunity to do other things for the benefit of all the members. We're going to figure out how to use this best. It's brand new, so it's a work in progress. But this was posted, I don't remember exactly when, but it was certainly before the move. You see the chart. So here's the chart, and it was a 30-minute chart. And the 30-minute chart had a breakup candle. And the breakup candle low was a line in the sand. And so therefore, it was another way to view the same thing that was going on from a shorter time frame perspective. This chart was bullish. And now we're back to the hourly chart and focus on the first hour of the day. This tail candle here, that is an up move off of a low. It's a reversal. They finished near the high of the candle. It's a nice tail candle. 
and they were essentially eating time off the clock inside this candle all day long. So essentially you had two patterns inside of another pattern. You had this hourly pattern that's bullish. You had the 30 minute I just showed you. And then you have the same pattern that is a bear flag pattern until it's not. So it really starts from up here. And this is a bearish, flaggish, wedgish pattern. Now it was a bear flag down here, right? So that's a flag pattern. Once it breaks the flag formation, the flag portion, then it becomes a wedge pattern. It's still active as long as you never close below or above the high, pardon me, of that breakdown candle. The chart got pretty sloppy there. Let's get rid of that stuff. But hopefully you get the concept of the pattern within the pattern. And the reason why we want to understand this is because you always have to look for this stuff. So you could see one thing on a daily chart and a different thing on an hourly something in between on some of the longer time frame charts like the 120 and the 240, something shorter may be telling you something totally different. You have to look at all the charts and guess what? When you get all the charts confirming the same thing, it's the 80-20 rule. It's the duck. The duck is take it at face value. If it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, it's going to be a duck the majority of the time. So what does all this mean? It means that the high of this breakdown candle is 308.27. If you get above on an hourly close or jump above early in the morning, meaning a gap open above 308.27, that's bullish. They're going to go for the next thing that we talked about before. What happens if they're opening lower tomorrow and they trade lower? Then all this was at the end of the day was them running a test of the breakdown candle high. Nothing more, nothing less. They do it all the time, over and over again. We see it all the time. We talk about it all the time. How about Camp IWM? We'll stay on the 60-minute chart. Is there anything different here? Absolutely not. However, here, they're a little bit ahead of the SPY. They actually got to the breakdown candle high. They didn't close above it. The high happens to be 140.47, and they closed the day at 140.42, making a high of 140.58. Any accidents or coincidences, anyone want to dispute that that's exactly what they were doing at the time, running to make a test of the breakdown candle high? I doubt it. That's exactly and precisely what they were doing. They do it on five-minute charts, 10-minute charts, 15-minute charts, 30-minute charts, hourly charts. It goes on and on and on. Anything different on the daily chart? It looks identical to the SPY. We know the routine. It's all the same market. Everything trades together for the most part, not to the same magnitude each and every day or throughout the day. But nevertheless, it's all the same market. They're going to move together. A rising tide lifts all boats. And when the tide goes out, you see who doesn't have any clothes on. By the way, whoever's taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader, anybody recognize that time is more important than price? Is time on our side on the daily chart? Not only the IWM, but also the SPY. Time is on our side. Doesn't work 100% of the time. It's an awareness and you need to know about it. Because if it starts to work, you know why and you know what they're doing. That's the whole point of understanding the foundation of how the markets work. That's what I teach in the course. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Our second favorite market leading indicator, IWM is one, transports are two, Transports are absolutely the favorite canary in the coal mine, finishing absolutely on the high of the day. They were weak early. They certainly ran a better test than the SPY did of last Monday's low. They didn't get to the low, but they ran a better test. And guess what? 
they get stopped by its 100 period moving average. So again, they could be poised for another slingshot out of this pattern. Just like all the other markets, below last Monday's low right here and the transports, the low is 87.2793. Below that low, you're likely to see acceleration to the downside. How about the Qs? You know, the folks out in Silicon Valley. They didn't even get to home base, the 20 period moving average. They came up short and reversed. That in and of itself is bullish. Now, how do we read that if they come back down? If they come back down, and that goes for any market, any chart. This is a chart lesson 101. If they come back down after missing it by a smidgen, and yes, a smidgen is also a technical term along with a cooking term. If they come back down after missing by a smidgen, don't expect them to stop. You're likely to see them go lower. What's the objective from here in the queues? 248. 248 would be the minimum objective. 249 and change is the high of the breakdown candle. You get above that and they're going for new highs again, obviously. By the way, just as a point of interest, does anybody think there were a lot of puts purchased yesterday and more this morning and more as they were stuck in the mud eating time off the clock with traders expecting the market to go lower? And the answer is, of course. And you know what comes next? They got a pie in the face. Maybe they get paid off tomorrow, but generally what happens is when you have a move into the end of the day like today, they're generally throwing up their puts before the close. That's kind of the way it works the majority of the time. Who's responsible for that? You guessed it. The trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. The financials. You know the story? Without the financials, the market's not going anywhere in either direction. Nice reversal today in the financials, up 1.6% finishing with a reversal of yesterday's down candle. Now, it was a gap down, so the opening was certainly below the closing price of the prior day, but it's a reversal candle nonetheless. It's a good start, and guess what? Let's go over this because it's important. So here's that low from last Monday. This is the market that was closest, at least the ones we're looking at. So the low was 22.96. The close yesterday was 22.98. No accident, no coincidence. We know all about that. Today, they spiked the low and they reversed on a dime and finished near the high. So what we would say with that is that the Bulls came out to play goal line defense at last Monday's low. That's bullish, not bearish. It's bullish. Now, same routine. They give it up, meaning gap down tomorrow or just trade through it, close hourly below, acceleration to the downside. Nothing changes. It's the same routine over and over and over again. You take it one day at a time and you take the market one step at a time, one resistance area or one support area at a time. When they break one, they're going to the next. That's the way the market works. So if you can successfully identify what really are the institutional support and resistance areas, that's 90% of the show. Smash mouth. Spikes through its home base, 20-period moving average, reverses, same routine as the other markets. Nothing wrong with this market. Remains in an uptrend. So if the market's rolling over, everything will get an acceleration to the downside. However, maybe it was just a down day. Maybe it was just a down few days. Maybe the market went sideways to lower, had a kind of a flush sell-off day to scare everybody, let the media get their hair on fire, let everybody buy the puts, and then they do, and then they do the thing where it was just a pullback. Now, we don't know yet, but what we do know is, at least on the SMH, there's nothing wrong with this chart. It's not breaking down. It's not telling us that the tech sector is falling apart. 
That's how we use the SMH. We use it as a leading indicator of the tech space. So if the tech space is strong and the Qs are strong, the SMH is strong, is the market likely to fall apart? It can, but you would think there would be institutional distribution out of stuff that was up a lot taking profits if the market was rolling over, you would think. I have some requests to cover gold. I don't cover gold really anymore. And mainly the reason is this. It's on a long-term breakout. I've been saying it probably for a year. It's on a long-term breakout. You just have to own gold. I'm not interested in shorting gold. I'm interested in accumulating gold on pullbacks. It's a long-term breakout. This is a bullish chart in an uptrend on a weekly basis. There's nothing wrong with gold. It's simply going higher. Last thing we'll mention, and this really goes in the bear camp. It's not bearish. It's just not in the bull camp. It's more neutral or bearish of anything. You didn't have exceeding volume to yesterday. So yesterday, the market was down big and the volume was up big. Up big in comparison to the previous couple of days. Today, the volume did not eclipse yesterday's volume. If it did, that would be a pretty good sign of a reversal. It didn't, doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean we're going down. It doesn't mean we're not going up. It's just something of note. It's something I like everybody to pay attention to. You need to pay attention to volume. When you get volume spikes, they're usually pretty telling. When you get something like this, I like to use it as an awareness. It's not really telling us anything. It's good practice to look at volume. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you and that without you, these videos are not possible? That is true and accurate information. Let's pull the ripcord here. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.